Hello loyal Unwatchable fans and welcome back to part 2 of the Star Wars special. During this episode we were probably about halfway through a 4 hour recording session and you'll begin to hear the cracks in our sanity getting wider and wider. As always, catch up with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at UnwatchablePod. Like us, follow us, talk to us please. And if you're really liking the show, feel free to give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you listen to us. And if you really like us, feel free to shout us a coffee or a pizza over at buymeacoffee.com slash unwatchablepod. Your donations go a long way to keeping the lights on and making sure we keep delivering content you enjoy. Part 2 is all about everyone on the planet's favourite Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. But first, our friends from Purple Planet. community we as a trio are divided on this movie as well i know Corey and myself love it and i'm fairly sure if i understand ben correctly he sits firmly in the well at least you tried corner yeah still a lot more complimentary than a lot of the internet who thought my luke would never do this oh my god well even the guy who played luke said my luke would never do this essentially but what we can all agree for certain is that ryan johnson placed the importance of story and character over i guess the lack of a better word legacy of star wars itself and he actually explores like the deepest depths of darkness Mm -hmm. as alliteration inside all of our major characters, except Finn, who's sort of, for me, already outworn his usefulness at this point, which is kind of a shame. And Poe, who we don't really explore his darkness, but we do get to explore the character and the real man within yeah. and see that he's not yeah. just Han Solo too, which is kind of how he is in The Force Awakens. Oh, he's the lovable rogue. Well, certainly in The Rise of Skywalker. He's the Han Solo character when we don't have a Han Solo character anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but we do see in Last Jedi that it, he does get his own thing, and obviously his flaws come up. He's he's impatient, yeah, and he thinks that Holdo yep. yep. isn't doing something, yeah. And then we find out that oh no, he was wrong. And if he was patient, things would be different. I can I can pinpoint the second when my heart broke in half. Um, Princess Leia's you know <laughs> jettisoned out of the the ship, and she's you know essentially died out in the vastness of space. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, no, they're really pushing the boundary. They're, they're really going hard with this. This is great. This is excellent. They're you know what's going to happen next? Space Jesus happened next. Not she- a fan of the space Jesus. I the the, oh, the okay so and this is where it all went down from hill from here because in my because that was the epitome that was. That alone told me that as much as they're willing to, you know, play around with the story and maybe push the boundaries a little bit, at the end of the day, they're going to reverse it all and pull it all back in and not actually really push anything at all. They're going to stay within their comfort zone. Oh, Ben... Ben, you disappoint me, sweet boy. Because well, you disappoint me. I get, I get why that moment would trigger thoughts of that happening, but then it's sort of quickly. I okay, so just just to jump in real quick, there's this attitude I feel towards this movie, which I I feel like I need to always be be pushing back on, always, in, including with people who who like the movie, that Ryan Johnson is spitting on Star Wars. He's spitting on what J.J. Abrams did with that first movie. I think that's a load of bullshit. I honestly yeah. do. I agree. I think that yeah, I think I that agree. Ryan Johnson loves Star Wars. Yep. 
I think he loves it so much that he wants to push yes. the film outside of oh, yes. just, you know, this fan service and doing these yeah. things. He, he does want to introduce Let's try new something things. new. Yeah. He wants to try something new. He wants to give the fans something Let's that they're, tell a that Star they're Wars not story. expecting. Yeah. He wants to tell that a Star Wars story. That hasn't been told before. To, yeah, he wants to take yeah. these characters on an actual journey and give them actual arcs with an actual theme. And I think that he actually paid a lot of attention to what J.J. Abrams did with that movie as a co-writer and, and, and a director and actually built off of so much of what he, he did. I mean, this movie takes place moments after The Force Awakens ends. There's no time yeah. jump. It's not like we jump into the middle of Rey training with Luke. It's now taking place directly after the First Order essentially have them on the ropes. It's the first and only Star Wars movie to have no time jump. Exactly. And so that means that as a writer and a storyteller, he has to work off what was given to him. Yes, he took that in a, in a different direction, but this idea that he was just trashing on it, I actually don't subscribe to that. I, I do think that he took everything that he was given and then said, I'm going to put all of those characters and all the and all that setup that you've given me, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put it under real stress and push these characters to their limits. And I'm going to reveal their flaws. I'm going to reveal their insecurities. And I'm going to have them confront them because that's what good storytelling does. Yeah, sure. Leia flying through space was an image that looked a little bit goofy for the established iconography and imagery of this franchise. But also I understand kind of what his intention was. It was to reveal that Leia is force sensitive in a way that was not through, say, violence. It wasn't through some sort of physical prowess over somebody else. It was a survival reaction. It was her, her body in that, that moment sort of waking up and, and, and pulling her back to safety. If, and I thought that as far as, way, as revealing... Yeah, if that's the way to reveal it, that was a shocking way to execute it, though, because it felt so deus ex machina for me. Like It was yeah. just like, here's, here's a thing to try and push this... No, look, Princess Leia is not dead because she needs to have these other plot points involved here. In my head... If they pulled the trigger and killed Princess Leia there, that story would have been so much more compelling. I have thoughts on when they should have killed Leia, but I'll leave it until later on. Because <laughs> for me, all of a sudden, the Rebel Alliance is, you know, it's really fractured. Band. Hey? It's the, the Resistance. Ben, get it right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the resistance, there was could have been fr like even more friction with the resistance between like Poe and Holdo. They would have accused her of, you know, basically killing Princess Leia. You know, all of a sudden, Rey and Luke Skywalker, would have, there would have been probably a little bit more different interaction with that, with uh, how he would have done things with the uh, resistance. All, like, I don't know. It feels like a lot of the things that you're saying, though, Ben, actually do happen. It does create a fracture within the resistance. That exact thing happens. There is a power struggle that, that then occurs in that process. But from a plotting point of view, that exact thing that happens allows allows Poe to confront his primary flaw. His journey is to go from being a hot-headed pilot who's not a good leader and, and Leia slapping him in the face and saying, like, you're good at what you do, but, you know, you're cocky and you got people killed. You know, he has to go on that journey with Holdo. He has to learn how to follow to then learn, I guess, what good leadership is. And then it's the Leia who comes back in that third act and allows that to come out of Poe, where at the end of it, she's looking at Poe saying, don't look at me, follow him. And that is incredibly smart storytelling. And I think that if you just killed off Leia in that moment, you're actually taking away a lot of not just Leia's characterization in Act 3 of that movie, you're also taking away Poe's ability to actually become an effective leader, which is the entire point of his character arc in the movie. As, yeah. as far as things that I would agree with you, because obviously it's clear that I'm a, a big defender of this movie. I think that that's clear yeah. in terms of just the way that I'm, I'm talking about it. And, and, I'm, and I'm just sitting there. I'm, no, you can't see because... <laughs> 
we're not on camera i'm just sitting there eating my popcorn yeah it's all good just like letting your sisters go to town on it as far yeah. as issues that i do have with it and where i would agree with you is that there, there are stumbling uh, i guess points in this in this movie which even as someone who who likes it i, I do have a few issues with it not everything comes together as neatly as i think ryan johnson initially set out to and that's the nature of of making movies like you you write a script and then you go out and you shoot it and you hope everything works and tracks and there's you know footage of ryan johnson on set as they're making it where he's saying you know he has all these doubts that the, that these things aren't, aren't tracking very well that the sort of big threat of it isn't isn't um, working as well as he hoped in the edit and one of the things that i don't think works as well in the movie which maybe they could have condensed down to then allow more time with the things that you would hope to see um, ben is the the canto bite sequence so so act 2a as i call it because i think the first act of the of the last jedi is pretty wonderful in my opinion just as far as establishing poe's beginning Mm -hmm. in that story and what he has to learn and Mm -hmm. what his arc is going to be what what Mm -hmm. ray's struggle is going to be as well as the journey that finn is going to go on and all of these characters have a very clear arc that you can look at not all of them are executed Mm -hmm. as well as each other but they all clearly have a journey that they go on that is put under real stress as they go but that canto bite sequence i i respect what it was trying to do i respect that ryan johnston was trying to reveal a new part of the star wars galaxy that we hadn't seen yeah. before so the the elite class the yeah you know the wealthy yeah, elite yeah that the, we've never seen or heard of exactly before. like i i no. almost sort of compare it to okay if jj is going to do his his cantina throwback that this is ryan johnson's yeah. version of doing it where, where you're seeing the, <laughs> the sort of it's not the seedy underbelly it's it's the seedy wealthy yeah, yeah and we've seen planets like coruscant where the jedi council mm-hmm. is and we see like these things are skyscrapers like they literally have to drive through the sky to get anywhere there's got to be wealthy elite people around somewhere right yeah and there's a lot of interesting ideas within that act 2a but i also remember watching that sequence and thinking when they're riding on the i forget what the animal is called but when when they're riding on them i remember thinking this feels more like harry potter than it does star wars because they're riding down these sort of cobblepot streets and there's these sort of magical animals it felt like like a fantastic beasts moment than it did star wars but it's interesting that we all have some sort of internal filter that determines for us what is star wars and what is not star wars that is one of the the issues i guess that i have with the film i do think that finn's arc is very clear but stumbles because of that act 2a everything is still in service like, like luke's arc um you know it's it's all in service of this idea of failure as our greatest teacher and that is a very clear theme in the film that all of the characters in some way have to deal with you know ray experiences that yeah. poe experiences that carlo experiences that too but he obviously as the antagonist of the story rather than learning from it it ultimately becomes like his downfall so what were the things that you did like about this movie ben <laughs> yeah i must admit like watching that scene did end up spoiling the rest of the film for me because i couldn't i could not get that out of my head right so you just weren't able to put it to the side and and just say okay yeah it was it was stuck in the forefront so i did appreciate yeah the fact that it was breaking down those star wars barriers in quotation marks i did like the fact that spoiler alert they got rid of snoke so quickly that that was a massive red herring i'm like i would it would have been nice to maybe 
get a bit more of a backstory on him. It just seemed to be he was there and then he's not. And see, that's something which I put down to the J.J. Abrams mystery box storytelling. Okay, we're going to set up this em- this emperor-like character and stuff and it's going to be super mysterious and then have no idea how to actually use him. And I think to Ryan Johnson's credit, yeah. he-, he does use him in an interesting way. People, I think, yeah. in my opinion, like they... They throw this idea out that Ryan Johnson's just tearing down what JJ did. I think that he uses Snoke in a very interesting way. And that's obviously all in the service of Kylo's arc. It's not like the the battle with the light in the dark that Vader was going through. I guess where he was already like... I mean, it's similar to it, but in, in a way where Vader's already... I guess, quote unquote, evil and stuff. He was already gone and it's about sort of pulling him he back. Gone, like the whole yeah. thing of Kylo yeah. is that... Yeah, it's been a decade yeah. killing so many people, and then they, yeah, and back. then it's like it's all good because he came <laughs> yeah. back for the last like fifteen minutes of the film, so he's a good guy now. Yeah, but yeah. also I guess he's he, he killed he killed the big bad of of the of the trilogy, like yeah. the Emperor. So like it's fine. It wasn't his it's fault, all man. Good, but like <laughs> so what as we Ryan so Johnson that, that does establishes with, yeah, but what Ryan Johnson yeah. does with with Snoke and that that twist in the story that reversal of your expectations of then kylo turning on his master i thought yeah. was just kind of an amazing story decision to say that we're going to use snoke as a catalyst for kylo to actually become the big bad of this story mm-hmm. to actually take ownership and yeah, then yeah. seize power of it which then is undone obviously in the rise of skywalker but we'll get into that later but i thought that it was amazing <laughs> to have you for a moment think oh he is coming towards the light and it's going to do this thing and, and ray is successful but wait a minute we're in act two still baby like this is gonna yep. this is all gonna lead to what i think gives us some of the greatest star wars material that we've ever seen to 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 that uh very nice fight dance choreography yep um which i i should do really enjoy that that action sequence people like to point at like digital corridor video where they have like a stuntman breaking it um it down being like oh this person here was too early and it's like fucking no one's gonna notice that until you point it out i I really enjoyed the sort of wide angle i guess camera lensing and stuff that they use for that to make it feel like you're kind of right up next to the characters i think that adam driver in this movie and especially in that whole sequence is amazing like i cannot state how much i think that adam driver is incredible in this movie like he's he's fantastic in the force awakens but i think the work that he does in the last jedi is kind of astounding is he is he not the best thing he is yeah he's arguably the best thing in every movie he's in for sure like i i just i i can't get over how i can't get over how he is in this film in particular the the scene when you know ray thinks that ben has turned and then and then ben says yeah. you know it's time to let old things die and then obviously he has that that great speech oh, with, man. which i think people do take out of context to to say that ryan johnson is actually saying what kylo says in the movie like and they use that as ammunition to say that ryan johnson doesn't give a shit about star yeah. wars like he hates star wars he hates what um jj did it's like i think people forget that the movie pushes back on what kylo says you know he says let the past die kill it if you have to and then spends the rest of the movie having the characters fight against Obsessed that very with, yeah. perspective like it's the, the, it's for the, me it's, the past is literally trying to kill him the guy's obsessed yeah. with the past 
the guy yeah, yeah, just can't exactly. get out of it. Um, and that, hey, maybe if we don't learn from the past, we're destined to repeat it. And that's sort of what the characters are trying mm-hmm. to do, that we have to learn from our failures. Again, this is all really smart mm-hmm. storytelling towards theme. Like, this movie is about something. And that's something which I don't think that you can point to The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker and say that it's nearly, it comes anywhere close to it. And he uses his characters in ways to further that idea and to work towards it. Like, Ryan Johnson knows what he's doing. Sure, he might stumble along the way to get there, but there are so many just incredibly interesting moments in this movie. And the way that he's cross-cutting between, you know, Holdo jumping into hyperspeed to, you know, destroy the ships um he's he's cross-cutting with that that yeah exactly he's cross-cutting with that he's cross-cutting with ray and and kylo's trying to force pull towards his lightsaber to get over it and when that blows up that's when the hyper you know space jump happens like it's incredibly thrilling and and for me it's like it's worth stumbling through act 2a and the canto bite sequence just to get to that stuff it's like oh man like it took a while to get there, but it, it it provided some of just the most thrilling Star Wars storytelling that I think that we've ever had. Yeah, I've been mostly silent because I agree with Corey on like <laughs> pretty much 100% of what he said, and he explains it better anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, we love the same things and we don't like, not don't like, but don't love the same things. So the Canto bite, even watching it, I was like, oh, this could not be. <laughs> um, but I guess where it stumbles with, Finn and I, you know, where I say sort of worn out his usefulness. It's sort of, I guess, because he's he doesn't feel part of the resistance, and we could we could probably spend an episode breaking down why his storyline, his arc in this. Well, it's funny you say that. Could be. Like, sorry to cut in, but I mean, like, for that he's not part of the resistance. That is actually Ryan Johnson's intention: is to say at the end of the Force Awakens, he's actually not part of the resistance. He's really only there for Ray right yeah, like yeah. he's only after his friend he actually states yeah. that at the beginning of the movie and so his entire arc really is about him becoming a member of the resistance so as part of act 2b when you know shit's going down and you have a kylo and stuff like um not turning and stuff and, and 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 that kind of being a thing you then have the fight between captain phasma and and finn where it ends with him embracing the title of rebel scum like he corrects phasma when she says you were always scum he says no 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 like essentially says no 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 no, rebel scum which is something which obviously we've heard so many of the of the empire characters say throughout the original trilogy you know they rebel scum like he owns that yeah. title now he's now officially a part of the resistance and so um it is interesting that you sort of made that observation that he doesn't really feel like he's part of it because he's not and then he eventually does become that going back to the snoke and um kylo ren i, I guess you can call it a situation <laughs> yeah i guess like when it happens when he turns the lightsaber on and kills him it's just like it's one of those like sit back and like holy shit mm. moments and it's not it doesn't feel like holy shit like oh fuck snoke anyway because he's he's useless get rid of him it's like kylo ren is the bad guy yeah (laughs) and we see you know in force awakens when he kills han you can because adam driver is so good so good by the internal conflict when he's saying there's something i need to do but i don't know if i want to do it Mm. and then han Mm -hmm. says do it and han knows yeah (laughs) kills him and you're like oh god maybe (laughs) i don't know if we can save this guy (laughs) and then when he kills his dad yeah but then when he kills snoke it's you you don't buy immediately that he's good. Yeah, it isn't quite, obviously. But it's just like, man, there's no one that can, like, pound for pound go with this guy except for Luke, who's not interested anyway. Mm. 
<laughs> now <laughs> yeah. that he now that he's killed this guy. He's also the first Sith to kill his master in a Star Wars movie. Well, Darth does it at the end. It is interesting that you kind of said that as well, because just as far as I guess Kylo's psychology and and everything, I just I, I do find it interesting that his his methodology isn't I guess classically Sithian, even though there is that the whole thing of the apprentice eventually killing his master, but his his motivations and feels fully gone. Yeah, like his speech after that though doesn't have any Scythian motivation. You know, his entire motivation is to tear it all down. The Jedi, the Sith, yeah. the rebellion, yeah. tear it all Complete down. Anarchy. And yeah. I found that so exciting as yeah. a Star Wars fan. I was like, wow, like this is something where you cannot box him into just what's come before. And I just love seeing this this power vacuum that then is is then created once he does that and then him asserting dominance over general hux where you know there's that great moment where hux walks in and for him for a moment sees kylo on the ground and goes to reach for his blaster before kylo wakes up (laughs) and then they they begin talking where hux tries to uh, i guess claim that we have no leadership the supreme leader is dead and then immediately starts getting force choked by kylo saying and then he reiterates that and says the supreme leader is dead and then cucks responds with long live the supreme leader or something along those lines and it's just that power grab which i find kind of so exciting and far as what i thought would happen next would be this power struggle this internal power struggle between hux and kylo in the third movie uh which again we'll get into as far as things that (laughs) were so just immensely disappointing with that film but yeah. <laughs> there's something just so exciting about watching that and and adam driver just plays it to perfection you know his whole yeah. thing when, when, he, when he's trying to pull ray towards his point of view and there's there's almost like it could be a meme if it just wasn't performed like so great and i've used it before in reference when he says nope no you're still holding on let go like, like that whole <laughs> moment is just it's performed to perfection and like you said it's not come join me in the dark side yes yeah. let's pretty much fuck this shit yeah yeah let's just do it our own way like why do we have let's to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again i was gonna say why don't why don't we Thelma and louise this thing but the i guess the evil sort of comes in because kylo will kill people who absolutely there's no doubt about don't, who yeah. aren't who don't want to go along with him absolutely and that's <laughs> yeah. why ray is like no <laughs> you know yeah pretty much yeah he's still a tyrant at the end of the day absolutely yeah. for sure wait still a psychopath a tyrant. he's not as yeah. sassy as darth vader though no not quite as sassy he hasn't quite got to like dad joke level. Yeah, but Darth Vader was a lot older and probably wiser at that point. Thing. And his dad had less limbs. Yeah, that's going to do something say, to you. Kylo was still going on the the emotional sort of angsty sort of side of it. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. it's so interesting to me looking at this at this trilogy that they obviously set Kylo up as a Vader wannabe, as is very clearly apparent in the first movie. But almost not one character in the movie that kind of new Anakin and Darth Vader ever points out to Kylo that Vader turned towards the light at the end. Like, it's really interesting to me that he's like, I'll finish what you started. I'm like, but he fucking killed his master at the end, bro. Like, What's going like you I know? Think it's interesting. It's a, that I think there's because no dramatic it may not attention paid to that ever yeah. have been established that he did, because mm. no one knows that he did. I guess it's like it's, he it's, kills the emperor Luke, and then right? dies, and then Luke's just like, "Fuck yeah, we killed." Yeah, like, like, we yeah. killed the emperor. Like, but it's interesting. Luke's the that, only one who knows, and if yeah, he didn't tell anyone, then, it's, yeah. yeah, you always wonder did did Luke ever pass that on and say, "Hey, the, yeah. the, the guy who you want," or was he just like gone by that point? Which I think or, I think is what you can establish. Obviously, is because. The way that the Last Jedi sets up, like Luke's journey in the movie, is that he kind of failed his student, and that 
during that failure, he left and kind of never really saw him again. And then yeah. obviously from a distance, we're seeing Kylo, or, you know, Ben become Kylo and, and do all these things. But that's something which you haven't really talked about with this movie yet. Yeah, I've been Luke. thinking about that. We should probably bring in the, the once central character of a Star Wars trilogy, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and I think it's important to talk about <laughs> Luke because I think he's this is such a big point of contention most, with this film as well. Yeah, he's probably the most divisive aspect, yep. I think, of this movie. That's where people are torn. That's where Mark Hamill was, I guess, was torn, but mm. clearly was... I mean, he does say my Luke would never do that. And where I where I find like a lot of uh, contention is people feel like Luke gave up on his student. So he failed his student and then was like, oh, fuck it, I give up. Mm. Which it, it doesn't feel like that for me. It feels like Luke learned from... Like Obi-Wan feels like he failed Anakin, but he didn't just go, oh, fuck it, I give up. Mm. It's like, I can't kill the guy on my own the best bet is to watch from afar yeah and yoda does the same he goes into exile but not because he gave up mm-hmm. it's because the best thing yoda can do is watch from afar and luke feeling like he failed his student feeling like he failed himself because he tried to murder his student mm. who he, he saw real darkness in for me anyway luke feels like the best thing he could do is he says he's de- he detaches from the force and he's not interested mm-hmm. which is a low bullshit because he talks to Yoda all the time. Does he? I mean, it's kind of established that maybe they had communication at some point, right? But at least I didn't get the, get the impression. Maybe not all the time. That they're just like, you know, chatting in the sort of force equivalent of Skype like we are right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. What? Catching up. I mean, well, it, it never feels... What's going on? <laughs> you know? It never feels for me like Luke's yeah. given up. Mm. It, it may be a little bit of retconning here, but I would... I'm, I'm thinking about it as if, um, yeah, like Luke... Probably does have communique with Yoda, mm-hmm. but doesn't let anyone else know because, again, he what doesn't want the the you know, maybe I like the attention or or I'm also thinking that maybe it is like a, a, a not a not a Jedi rule, but sort of like a a, a, a non spoken sort of thing that you know if you fail a student, you sort of go into self exile because, like you just mentioned, like Luke did it, Yoda did it, Obi Wan did it. Mm. When they fail a student, they sort of they don't just give up, but they do sort of you know look from afar from afar yeah so i'm wondering if it's a bit more of a self-exile of like you know got you know removing yourself from the situation yeah because you're clearly not making things better yeah Yeah. and and trying to murder your student is not the way of the jedi either so it's exactly not um like you've, you know, you've, keeping his thoughts, you know, in the here yeah, and now, as Qui Gon Jinn would say. Yeah, you've you've stuffed up this student. Therefore, you need to think about who you are and your actions away from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and detach. Kind of, I suppose yeah. detach emotionally as much as you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's certainly, it's interesting so, that, like, in in that that process, Luke has come to the conclusion that the light and the dark dynamic that they've been playing out for you know generations by this point like isn't working and that he would kind of fall yeah. into this idea of like as the the gray jedi the one who says that it's it's all that that stuff in between that the force is life and death and all of these yeah. things and i just think that it's fascinating that that luke is a you know a, a real person who is repeating trauma in a way as well because he's mm. traumatized himself like his his yeah. dad literally murdered so many like people, so many people. <laughs> and children, and children, and and then and this, then tried to his kill wife. him, murdered yeah. his wife, yeah. really. And this this, yeah. this this idea that okay, at the end of the Return of the Jedi, as a young man, that he's just like 
leveled up and is now just going to be just this person for the rest of his life is just kind yeah. of a really weird way to think of, I guess, characters and human beings in general. It feels like, to me, like a lot of people think Luke is flawless throughout the trilogy. Yeah, which I think is a mistake. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's so. like, no, he's hardworking and he's dedicated because mm-hmm. he, he wants to be like his dad. He wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. But then his motivation shifts because he wants to save his dad. But there's so many missteps in between mm-hmm. caused directly by Luke's behavior mm-hmm. and actions. Yeah. Yep. So he's, the entire time, he's, he's not a superhero. Even no. When he be, even when he sort of becomes one, he's not. Exactly. You know, when he says he detaches from the Force and he sort of takes up, I guess, a home on, on that island in solitude and he says, you know, down there is super darkness of the force it sort of makes me think about i guess the way jj probably explains it a bit more than any of the other star wars movies did but it sort of feels like the way the force works is when the less people are using it the stronger it is for that person because we see kylo using powers that like we'd never even thought of before like the dude literally can read minds and (laughs) freeze people yeah Yeah, sort of stasis when ray kind of when ray sort of touches in i know we could go on the Mary Sue thing, but she's very adept with it mm-hmm. without knowing what she's doing. Yeah. So it sort of feels like the less people there are involved in it, the stronger it is for those using it. Mm-hmm. And I guess like Luke's sort of detaching certain parts of that. It's, I guess, stopping people he know he knows are powerful from accessing him within the Force, if that makes sense. The Force doesn't really make sense because it shifts from trilogy to trilogy the way it works. Well, I think, yeah. The magic Ryan, magic power. Yeah, magic I mean, magic. I think Ryan Johnson, though, one thing that I love about this movie is that it does push back on this idea of a genetic um, connection, I guess, yeah, with, with the Force. Yeah, midi-chlorians. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he actually really attempts to democratize the force mm-hmm. which is again it's playing into this in, into the themes of this story as well that you know a broom boy can can be yeah. part of, of, of the resistance um as well and, and and could be a jedi as well um it it made me really sad to see the trilogy then kind of go back on that and say no you can only be special if you are the son or the daughter of someone who's of really important yeah. it's like yeah. part yeah. of what i felt was really inspiring about the last jedi just thematically is that anyone could be strong and could be powerful and can be important and you can be a nobody and that can still be meaningful in this fight mm. in this war um in this world every, every nobody can be a somebody exactly and it's yeah. it kind of pushes back on this idea of just sort of royal lineage kind of being the only important things and in these two kind of warring families as i think chris terrio the writer of the rise of skywalker sort of leaned into and i was like so disappointed with that that it just like that for for me felt far more destructive as far as this trilogy and undoing what came before than say what Ryan Johnson did with the Last Jedi to the Force Awakens. With the Force Awakens, oh, yeah. it was all set up, and then Ryan Johnson had to really take that and then dig into it. If yeah. if you set up your your trilogy with Luke has he's on this island and uh, we only have partial I guess access of this map, and then it's hidden away in R two D two, who's gone into low power mode for some reason, and then just comes back alive. <laughs> at the end because we need to move the plot to the next movie now you have to explain why luke is on this island and ryan johnson himself raises a really good point that 
he would not have gone to this island and and intentionally hidden part of this map to his whereabouts. I mean, one, why would he have a map to his whereabouts if he's, he's exiling himself? But clearly there was an attempt made to make it more difficult to find him. But he would have made this decision because of a really strong reason. And failure seems like a really good reason to do that. And so this idea that like you know, Ray would arrive at this island, give him the lightsaber, and then they'd run off and be like, yeah, Star Wars is awesome together again, doesn't really work. And so Ryan Johnson had to say, why is Luke here? You know? Um, and then actually give that a real emotional and psychological motivation it's like with yoda in exile and dagobah no one knows where he is the only reason luke finds out is because obi-wan who realizes in a new hope that he's more helpful to luke dead Mm -hmm. talks to yoda and says like dude where are you we need you (laughs) luke needs you man because it's about to go down and then yoda's like i'm on dagobah come find me bruh pretty much (laughs) yeah that's the actual dialogue as well yeah Yeah. oh yeah. yeah 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 That's what it would have been if George Lucas could write like a human. Um, <laughs> and that's the only reason Luke knows. It's not like Yoda left like a trail of space breadcrumbs for like anyone to come find him. Mm. It's like, I'll be found when I need to be found, which yeah. is pretty much the Luke thing. But why does yeah. he have a map? You said something which I, I kind of honed in on in a way. It was like, it's obviously set up that Luke has detached himself from the force and that he has lines that I came here to die and all this stuff. But you said something, and I can't remember the exact wording, but it's like that like he hasn't done so, or that he's doing it as like a, you know, an, an act of like, uh, I don't know, atonement for his his um, his failures or something, like as a, as a Jedi. But something that kind of is interesting to me now is this idea that while he says that, I mean, you know, this is, this is the whole basis of subtext in storytelling. While he says that I'm here, I guess, to die and that I don't believe in this, like, does he actually really believe his own words? Or is he just trying to convince himself that he has to die here and that we have to kind of let it, you know, I guess, just all fall away and that the Force will die with them or whatever? You know, it's it's interesting then to kind of look at, at Luke as, as a, a character who's trying to convince himself that his his failures are going to be the sort of be all end all of everything when that's obviously not the case and that it requires Ray to, to come in and eventually bring him out of that. Yeah. Well, it is, he does mirror the behavior of Yoda. Cause when Yoda, when he meets him, Yoda's just like, I'm here to die. Mm. I don't, I don't want to train you, mm-hmm. but then does anyway. If he really didn't want to, he wouldn't, but yeah, I get a genuine chuckle from there being a map in R2D2 who sort of wakes up at the end because <laughs> it's a deus ex machina, which mm. means the God machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a machine. It's still not as good as, um, the Wild dark, Wild Night, West? the dark Knight when Batman and, um, what's Morgan Freeman's character? Fox. Lucius Fox. Yeah. Lucius Lucius Fox. Fox. Literally build a god machine. (laughs) They can just see everything. And I'm like, I don't know if that's Christopher Nolan being lazy or clever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I get a genuine chuckle from the machine holding the ending. And then C-3PO has it in Rise of Skywalker, which it's up to you guys where you can move on to that because we'll probably come back to this movie again anyway. Yeah. I mean, is, is it worth talking about just why do we think that people rejected this movie? Obviously, we were talking about it a fair bit in, in our defense of what we think is either good or not great about this film. But I think it's very simplistic as to why people are divided about it. And it's... I think there's legitimate rejection and there's illegitimate, stupid rejection, which I can touch on. Yeah. <laughs> Please I do. But like, I, I, yeah, I think you're about the to legitimate say rejection well, is... Yeah. Yeah, like you said, people feel like Ryan Johnson is spitting on Star Wars, mm. like let old things die, like fuck you, Snoke. <laughs> like 
Ryan Johnson just wants to do whatever he wants and subvert expectation, which he does, but mm. he's not setting out to do it. Mm. He's well, not, not excessively. He's, not, he's, he's, he's not doing ni- it where the story uh, asks for it to be done. Mm-hmm. He's not doing a knives out sort of where he's like, ha, got, got ya, mm-hmm. which is yeah. the point. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, but that film He's is... signing up for that. It's, it's Yeah, the film, yeah, that's the point film is that. subversion Whereas of this is subverting yeah. your expectation because... You've gone in with your own. Oh, this is yeah. gonna happen. It's Star Wars. Yeah, um, especially when the previous film didn't really attempt to do that. Exactly. It, it wasn't <laughs> about subverting your expectations. Was, it was about giving yeah. you sort of more of what you liked, yeah. and so it probably is gonna yeah. feel like you know a rejection of sort of what came before because the storytelling style of these directors and, and these writers is quite different. Clearly, yeah, in yeah. terms of what they're intending for this story and for this franchise. Yeah, and I think people got really excited about Ray being someone. Mm-hmm. You know, your oh, her parents have to have been someone. She was left there, like sure, and she's really strong in the force. Surely she's someone. She has and to be Qui Gon's like granddaughter or daughter or something. Oh no, man, it has to be. At, it has to be. Looking that, at so it's many be, theories, it was going to be a Kenobi. You know, man, I read a theory on Reddit that she had to be Obi Wan Kenobi's daughter or granddaughter because she speaks in an English accent. That's it. Oh, oh, oh wow! They figured it out. <laughs> Reddit. Wow. That, wait, like, so. So that hang makes so on. Much so sense. <laughs> clearly, what that... we got in the actual movie is far less thematically interesting than <laughs> yeah. this person so... on Reddit saying that. Fuck me. They both have British accents. Yeah, and I guess reject as we've touched on rejection of like not I suppose Luke's arc, but Luke's behavior people reject because I think they don't think about how previous Jedi that he's had a major investment in mm. have behaved. The stupid ones. People don't like that Holdo as a woman. <laughs> they really don't. They like, really why? don't like. You could gender swap literally everyone. <laughs> this movie still makes sense. Yep. Yep. What the fuck are you on about? It's it's strange. And look, um, if you gender swap it, then you don't get the lovely Laura Dern. And yeah. oh, I think yeah. that most movies and just things but in she general could have played Hux. are improved. Yeah, with with Laura Dern. Why did can can any can anyone answer me the question? Is why Holdo had to be a male? Because Star Wars was predominantly you know, white men <laughs> playing these roles and seeing, say, a black stormtrooper for some reason was just completely sacrilegious to this uh, story which <laughs> takes place in outer space. You know, robots have consciousness and you're complaining that there are some women in power and that some, there are some people of colour playing... There's a black dude. It's so bizarre to me. Like, this movie is dumb. Like, come on, think about it for a second. Bizarre. And look, we can get... We could talk all day about the particular anyway, particulars yeah, of like yeah. Holdo and Poe and should she it's have not just a podcast told Poe the plan and blah, blah, blah. shouldn't watch but, movies, but yeah. Yeah, but again, like all, all, <laughs> all these things, as I mentioned earlier, are really in service of these characters going on a journey where they need to confront their central flaws. Like Ryan Johnson brings their flaws to the surface yeah. and, and has them have to confront it. And for me, I just get so giddy and satisfied when you know at the end of act three you're seeing all of these things come together you're seeing luke astral project himself over the goddamn galaxy to defeat <laughs> kylo in this non-violent act as a uh, in, in an oh, act of self-sacrifice and amazing, atonement. like it's so well done and um, he's yeah. picked up the sass from his dad he sure has kylo blasts him to shit and then he's just brushes the shoulder I love that moment. Like, as a Star Wars um, fan, I'm sitting there thinking, like, how is Luke still alive? Like, I, I do remember. It's funny that, I guess, post-release, we really found ourselves in this 
contentious place with this, this movie where people are like it's the worst star wars movie ever and people are like it's the best star wars movie ever but i remember sitting there in the in the in the cinema watching that sequence and people were like so engaged and they were audible and yeah. they were cheering oh, yeah. when it when it cut to to luke like floating there like projecting himself like people literally cheered in my cinema when they watched that and i was like wow like i'm having one of those big star wars moments where we're seeing something we've never seen before as a fan base and it's really pushing us outside and we're all here for it we're all kind of feeling it and then in the days after it was like that wasn't my star wars <laughs> you know like it did this stuff that i hadn't seen before I, I don't like that i would have felt all of that as well except space jesus ruined it for god me. damn it ben <laughs> <laughs> trust me i saw that and went this is a bad sign going forward because if they're doing that in this like for princess leia is she still technically a princess when her whole planet got destroyed um i mean look when you're yeah. in just food for thought food is, for thought yeah no no, no, no i know, look destroyed food for thought knows. that's all food for just, thought look, just look, leave I'm, that there. I, I get it i get <laughs> it i get it just mail in your answers <laughs> hit us up on twitter instagram yeah. facebook <laughs> Is she technically still a princess? Yeah, mate. Oh, that's yeah. asking all the, hot, the, the, the a, really yeah. pressing questions. Well, you know? I guess yeah. if if there's any if there are anyone who's any um, like refugees who were not on the planet at the time, mm-hmm. then she's still a princess to them. Look, it's a big planet. It's a that's big true. galaxy. Exactly. No, no, not I, like I, like I, not all, not I, I all. I doubt that all the old Iranians, well, like, um, or whatever you want to call, yeah, could have been all dead. there. I mean, around. they could have been yeah. like uh, yeah. like uh, Australians. You know, if there are any old Iranians out there, get in contact with the podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, get in touch. Like they, get in touch. They could, I don't know why. They, they I don't know how we to... can help. But but what's a good segue into this? Because I feel like you're going to edit this somehow, Brent. That's actually just going to be it. Thanks, Corey. You just did it for me. Intermission. Dun 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 d